Hello and welcome to the podcast for Ray Church of the Nazarene. I'm Ben Beckman, Senior Pastor, and I'm glad that you have tuned in to listen to our services and sermons. We have reopened our sanctuary and would love to have you join us in person at 410 Blake Street in Ray, Colorado for our Sunday morning worship services that begin at 1045, if you feel comfortable to do so. We would also invite you to join us live on Facebook, YouTube, or our website if that's a better fit for you at this time. Please visit our website at raynaz.com and our Facebook page for more information regarding our services. It is my prayer that you experience the presence of God during your time with us, whether in person or online. Again, thank you and welcome to our podcast. Thank you once again for tuning in to this week's podcast from Ray Church the Nazarene. This week's message comes from Chris Rose as he shares about God's influence and the influence we have on others with his message entitled, The Power of Influence, coming from Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. Thanks once again for listening. Well, this morning, uh, as we uh, prepare our hearts for uh, your God's message today, uh, Chris Rose is going to be speaking this morning. It's been a great uh, time for me uh, today and last week, as Kurt shared. Uh, many of you know we've we finally finished moving all of our stuff up here, and that has been kind of a tiring thing. And I've just been so thankful that these guys have been willing to step up and and help me uh, during this time, and it gives me an opportunity to hear them and hear their heart and what God is speaking and doing in and through their lives. So uh, as Chris continues to make his way up, he's been a little slow, trying to stall a little bit. Um, but I'm just so thankful for these guys and, and their heart and their willingness to do this. And I know that, that they are busy and have things going on, but it has sure been a help to me and lightened my load. So uh, Chris, thanks for this morning and look forward to hear what you have to say. Ben, good morning, everyone. Um, stepping in, it's been it's been different. You're used to, to coming to, to church on Sunday. Um, it's definitely been a lot different walking in and seeing an empty sanctuary. But all right, here we go. Good start. All right, here we go. <laughs> an empty sanctuary, but there's a lot more going behind the scenes than I thought. And if you guys haven't been to the sanctuary, there's a lot of cables and a lot of different things. So I just commend these girls and and pastor ben and all the work that they do and it's an amazing thing um to see but just coming into the sanctuary for the first time in a while and it's just overwhelming with god's presence like you can feel his presence here even when it's empty with people it's full with the holy spirit and that's what we that's what we want today so um i mean looking semi-empty sanctuary i guess there's some here but um it's just been crazy the last couple of months. I mean, everybody and everything that's been mentioned so far, but it's just been crazy. I mean, nothing that we've ever experienced before, um, even before all of this pandemic. Uh, I found myself um, and our family, I mean, just busy with constant busyness. I mean, there's no other way to put it, that we're just constantly on the move, on the run. I found myself through a regular day at the office, so to speak, that um, I was teaching, um, coaching basketball, heading up to state basketball. We had no inclination in our minds of what was happening in the real world. We were comfortable in our society here, in our outside of community, of all the busyness of a larger community. But then when we're outside of our comfort zone and we get placed smack dab in the middle of everything that's happening, reality 
kind of has that effect on us. It come, kind of slaps us in the face and we come, become a part of the rest of the world. Um, and the unimaginable happened. We were, we were set, our mindset, coaches, players, parents, everybody in the state of, of Colorado with the basketball, they were ready for and trying to achieve one thing, and that was winning a championship. And then that night, everything began to kind of shut down with the pandemic and something that we were not used to happening. So just reality again, coming into full effect. And personally, I didn't think of much of it. I mean, I thought it was a huge overreaction, government and everything else, um, just a huge overreaction. But then, I mean, you may ask my wife, but I'm not always wrong, but again, once again, one time or another, I was wrong. Coming back home and everything followed with us. The pandemic, everything, it followed us home. It threw this huge swerving curveball into our family, into our society, into our community, into our world. All the schools being closed down, we couldn't go to school anymore. Um, and our household, completely dependent and dedicating our lives to the educational system, we found ourselves in unfamiliar waters, not knowing what's going to happen. I mean, just waking up one day and our lives being completely different, flipped upside down. And, and again, our family's used to just running around in, in constant busyness. And then the thought of being bound to our home for a significant amount of time, it scared me to death. My wife, God bless her, looked at it in a positive way. She said to me, and then we were coming up on, it was right after spring break, coming up on summer, hey, instead of three months, we're going to get six months together. Isn't that great? And I just froze and just thought of that for a minute, how much time that is. How much we have to ourselves to think and to ponder what needs to happen in the house, what needs to happen around the house, what we need to do. So we shifted our busyness from everyday life to business around our house. And I continue to hear six words that I know a lot of husbands or even kids, children, hear from their parents. You know what I was thinking? You know what I've been thinking? And I heard that from my lovely and wonderful wife that I love very much. But constantly would wake up and, you know what I was thinking? Which is a scary thought that I think. Especially when I begin thinking, let alone her. But when I get inside my own mind, it can be a scary thought. But what I realized during this pandemic and what I've realized reading through scripture, reading through books, time to myself, again, a scary thought, time to myself, I've realized how much of an influence I can be, how much of an influence all of us can be and the power of influence on the world. I was used to just going through the motions and going to school and doing all those sorts of things without realizing how many people I came into contact with on a daily basis. And I find myself now craving, let alone being an introvert, craving interaction with people. I want it every single day now. I want to be that positive influence. Still working on it, being an introvert and everything, but that's what I find myself. There's an old saying, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And usually when we're doing, and when we're saying that, we're thinking of and speaking of children looking, acting, behaving, or being like their parents. And this is something that I always kind of despised hearing. Or oh, you're, you're the Rose child, or you're, you're Rose, part of the Rose family. I despise that. I didn't want to be like my family. I didn't want to be like the people around me, my friends, the world around me. I wanted to be my own. I wanted to have my own identity. But again, whether I like it or not, whether we like it or not, the people around us, the world around us, they have an influence on our lives. 
And I'm standing up here today, the man that I am, with those influences from my family. I love my parents. I love my family. I love my friends. I love the world around me. I love my job. I love all these things, and they all have influenced me. But when it comes down to what influence have I had, and that's what I thought, what influence have I had on the world? If the world were come to an end at this very moment, at today, what sort of influence have I personally had on others and the world around me? The reality is the fact that our influences play a huge part and have, are a very powerful concept in and throughout our lives. So is it safe to say that we're all influencers? We all have an influence on others that we come into contact with, those that we have surrounding us. So if I reflect through any day, there are several different influences that I'm able to make on my own with people who are varying ages. Walking from my classroom on a regular school day to the office, I can come into contact with numerous amounts of people. Before, it was just a part of the day. I was going to get something from the printer. I was going to get coffee refilled. But now I realize how many people I actually come into contact with, how much of an influence I can have. How we talk, how we act, how we behave can be how people perceive us, the influence that we have, simply by my words or my actions. Our influence in the world it's a very powerful resource that can be used for the will of God. There are really two different influences that we can have in this world, godly or ungodly, like Jesus or unlike Jesus. Let us pray. Father, I just ask that you help us to know, love, and follow you better. Help your message, your words to come through me that your message is received, that our hearts and our minds to open to what you have for us. Think of all the, the struggles, all the riots, all the different things going around right now, all the sicknesses, all the health issues. We just ask that you give us the strength that we need to be the church that we're called to be. Today being Pentecost, a new change, a new opportunity for our church, for the church to be an influence on the world. Help us, Father, guide us and protect us. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So the thing about influence, um, there's a good video clip, and if you've never seen it, not because it's a sports movie or anything, but Remember the Titans is a great movie, and there's one clip that I just love. So if we can play that right now. Why should I give a hoot about you? Huh? Or anybody else out there? You want to talk about a waste? You're the captain, right? Right. Captain's supposed to be the leader, right? Right. You got a job? I have a you job. You been doing your job? I've been doing my job. I'm supposed to wear myself out for the team? What team? No. No, what I'm going to do is I'm going to look out for myself and I'm going to get mine. See, man, that's the worst attitude I ever heard. Attitude reflect leadership, Captain. Okay. Long ago, a, a maestro or master would look for a student in whom to, to reproduce his expertise, to be selected had to demonstrate great potential and the master would then invite the student into an apprenticeship for a significant length of time and the intent of that that close and lengthy relationship was for the apprentice to absorb the passions dreams and secrets of the master choose not whether anyone or anything is discipling us each and every day but who or what is discipling us and the fact is we're influencing and thus discipling others 
And the real issue is how we are discipling them. In Matthew, Jesus provides us all with the great mission to go and make disciples of all nations. But first, we need to be willing to make ourselves true disciples before we can even think about discipling others. So in order to productively and accurately and effectively make disciples of others, we've got to be that influence ourselves first. We've got to reflect Jesus. We must be disciples of Jesus, not of the world or the culture around us or those that influence us. Fact. All of us have been discipled. We've been influenced by someone or something, whether it be intentionally or unintentionally. We've been discipled. Fact. All of us being discipled are being discipled at this very moment by every thought, by every word, by every sight, experience, interaction, or relationship that influences us. Fact. All of us are making disciples. We are all influencing others based on who we are and what we do. But God is continuing to seek and guide and influence every person, whether they're lost or saved, through the Holy Spirit. Our scripture today, Matthew 5, verses 13 through 16. A very familiar piece of scripture with the Sermon on the Mount, after the Beatitudes. So this is after Jesus has called his first disciples, where he simply said, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. He's giving them, he's talking to disciples, his disciples here, and he's talking to us. In my book, it's, in my Bible, it's headed, Teaching About Salt and Light, starting with verse 13. You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. The light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. In the word of the Lord. So the battle for our heart of every person's eternal destiny boils down to our influence on the world as well as how we respond to the influences that surround us. We need to be willing to be intentionally discipled by God through the Holy Spirit. Even Jesus was influenced. He's our model. He purposefully and proactively attached himself to his Father. And this relationship that Jesus had with his Father, it's intriguing to see. And it relates to that disciple and that mentor relationship. It's a helpful model for us to better understand what it means to become and make Christ-like disciples. A disciple of Jesus knows and follows him and walks like Jesus for a lifetime. Disciples of Jesus, they increasingly walked as Jesus walked. If we're disciples of Jesus, we need to increasingly walk as Jesus walked. And to be a godly influence in the world around us, bringing others closer to God, we must be able to implement three specific aspects into our own lives. First, we need to go to the Father. Verse 13 again says, You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. This means that we have to go to Him first. We can't expect to do anything on our own. And again, you can ask my wife. She thinks I'm really amazing. Almost perfect. Okay, <laughs> But I can't do anything without the Father. I can't do any of this at all. I was terrified in high school. In speech class, I had to give a soliloquy, and I had to turn my back to the crowd to give that soliloquy because I was so terrified and petrified 
of speaking publicly. So here is nothing without him. We have to go to him. We have to get our alone time with him. During this pandemic, it's given me a chance to slow things down and to take time and get a couple hours in the morning to dedicate to him through scripture reading, through books and resources, through listening to him, through the Bible. It has given me that opportunity and I can't do anything without him. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, then Jesus said, come to me, all of you are, who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. I'm one that needs a routine. I'm one that needs a schedule. And if you're like me, everything and my life being turned upside down was completely wretched to me. I was freaking out of what to do, but I went to him. I was weary. I carry heavy burdens, but I get rest from him. Jesus' relationship with his father, it's the closest and most meaningful relationship that there could ever be. So this model, this model of the relationship, it's a clear example for us of the important features that we need to be able to, to inherit that relationship, to be able to have that Holy Spirit working in us as well. We need to look, we need to be guided by the example and the influence of Jesus to see how we are to go to the father. And Jesus before he did anything, he intentionally gave himself to consistent and intensive amounts of time to be with his father. In Luke 4.42, at daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. Luke 5.16, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Luke 6.12, one of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. Spent the entire night praying to God. Each evening, he went out to spend the night on the hill called the Mount of Olives, Luke 21, 37. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and prayed, Luke 22, verses 39 and 41. Jesus loved his father, and he loved being with him, even when it was, was costly to his physical needs or, or relationships that he had with others or his tasks. He still continued to, to love surrounding himself with the father. And the one person who often is assumed to least need any kind of help the perfect one seemed to be the one who sought his father's help the most. And we all know that Jesus was fully God and fully human. But sometimes we forget the, 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 the human side of it because of all the miracles that he achieved while walking on this earth. But Jesus' human side, it provoked temptation to sin to the point that he seeked out his father to help him get in the right mindset and in order to achieve what God wanted, not what he wanted. He continually had personal conversations with God. And I think of the, one of the greatest one, or the greatest one, being the night that Jesus was preparing himself for the hardest part of his ministry while spending time on this earth. Instead of trying to do everything on his absolute own and influence the world around him by his own strength, we see him on his knees, sweating blood while praying to the Father. This is the kind of conversation that disciples truly need. Not just once in a while, but routinely. We need to have this time on our knees, time in scripture. I know in youth group, when we say, what can we do more for, for others? What can we do? The top two answers, pray and read the Bible. Always, that's what they come up with. Yeah, but what else? Our little crosses, they, they confuse us. They discourage us. And they mitigate against the truth that, that just yesterday stirred us with passion or purpose or boldness and left unattended little by little the darkness sets in. If we do not get time him, personal devotion, even just sitting there in silence, one of the hardest things to do, but doing it gives you that time to hear from the Father. It's not always about prayer. It's not always about reading the Bible, which are two 
very important things. But sometimes it's getting alone time with him. In Jesus' hours of supreme need, he poured out his heart to his listening father. And in response, his father planted good seed into an open heart and reinforced the son's determination to complete his mission. In order to effectively, productively, and accurately carry out our commission of being followers of Christ, we need to be willing to dedicate time to go to the Father, just as Jesus did. I related to a phone conversation, and I can't stand talking on the phone. But we can't always be willing to talk and talk and talk. We need to be able to have a chance for God to talk as well. It's a two-way conversation. But first, in order to be that godly influence, to be that Christ-like influence, we need to go to the Father first. Second, we need to follow Jesus. Verse 14, Matthew 5, verse 14, you are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. I relate the light here being Jesus. We have Jesus inside of us. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us, thanks to what Jesus did. We need to be willing to follow him. One of my favorite scriptures, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. We need to be able to follow him put our complete trust in the Lord, the Lord God Almighty, the sovereign ruler of heaven and earth, the one who made us and loves us. He can take care of all of us. Following the lead or the influence of Jesus, we should be able to, to surrender our entire lives to him while on this earth. Jesus would go out on his own and seek individual time devoted to the Lord and trusting him with his, with his future and what he would be working to accomplish. Again, I relate this to, to going to the grocery store. And when I have a list and when I go to the grocery store, I'm just so adamant about getting those items that are on my list and getting out. I never think about how many conversations I could have, how much of an influence I could have on other people. Jesus did it when he was walking through towns and he was walking around. He intentionally suck out, sunk, seeked out sorry, people. He went out of his way to be an influence on them, to have a conversation with them. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Acknowledge that he is God and we are not. That he is worthy of our trust. The shepherd who cares for us. We should acknowledge all the truths of the Bible about God. And he will make your path straight. This piece of scripture provides us with the promise of God. We can trust him. He will take care of us. He will bless us. He will lead us. He will protect us. God will see us through no matter where we go or what we do. Therefore, we must trust him with all our heart. Trusting him through all the good times and all the bad times. In every situation, in every decision, with every problem, we all have a choice to make. We need to be able to do it today and every day. We need to trust the Lord, trust in the Lord with all our heart. We need to decide to trust in the Lord, to follow him, just like the first disciples did. One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. And some virgins immediately, they were to follow him. They knew what they were doing. We need to follow that lead and follow him. And third, we need to walk as he did. We need to walk as Jesus did. Verse 16, In the same way, let your good deeds shine out, for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. 
when we're talking about influence, I've seen, if you want to see influences, look at a middle school or look at teenagers and what they are influenced by. I've seen teenagers that dress a certain way because someone does that or talk a certain way because someone does that. It's based off of human interaction and what is on the outside when we should be able to be influenced first with our hearts and what's on the inside. We're all different on the outside, but on the inside, we all have the same God-given powers. We may have different skills and different abilities, but God has given us the ability to go and make disciples of all nations. John 16, 15 says, All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever He receives from me. We don't wake up in the mornings usually and say, I'm going to go disciple so hard, everybody's going to know Jesus by the end of the day. But maybe we should. Maybe we should have that intention that we are disciples. Every day, it's a fact, we go somewhere. We go to a place of business. We go to work. We go anywhere. We do that every single day, every moment. We're going somewhere, and we're having an influence and interaction with someone. So it's not that mindset that I'm going to disciple to her, but I'm going to build relationships. I'm going to be an influence, a godly influence on the world. The need to represent Jesus in all we do. In Colossians 3.17 and John 13 talks about being a representative of Jesus. So we need to act like it. All representatives of Jesus. We need to act like it. If we were to take this mindset and carry it throughout our lives, that we're representing Jesus to others, wherever we would go, whatever we would do, then our influences would be godly. I remember an old saying, or what I've said to people before is, would you say that around your grandmother, or around, would you act like that around your mother? And maybe that's what we need to do. Would we say that or act like that if Jesus were around? If we're a representative of Jesus? I remember taking third graders to the Denver Zoo, um, like I think 60 of them to the Denver Zoo, and we talk about every every year, we talked about it your representative of your family, of your school, of your town. What if we went to the mindset that before I walk outside of the door, I'm a representative of Jesus. I'm going to walk as he did. As we seek to choose the Lord each day, it's necessary for us to remember that we all have a desire to follow our flesh and think or do what feels right. Or if you're like me, what seems easiest. And as Paul argues in Romans 8, for those who are outside of Christ, there is no choice. They are controlled completely by their sin. But believers, on the other hand, Paul says, have the Holy Spirit living within them. And by the Spirit, we are becoming more and more like Jesus. If we are becoming more and more like Jesus, that means that our influence, the Holy Spirit, should be influencing those that are non-believers or pre-Christians. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to overcome our flesh. As Joshua told the Israelites, we can choose. And we all have a choice as we walk in closer proximity with Jesus. His spirit, it's supposed to transform our bodies and our lives more and more to the point where his spirit and influence, it transfers onto others after it transforms us. Again, we have a choice. We can choose to let the world and our brothers and sisters in Christ continue to go through hardships and continue to live in sin. Or we can choose to be that godly influence. We can shower them all others, with the influence of Jesus to completely change their lives. I'm sure all of us who are believers will never forget the time when Jesus came into our lives and turned them completely inside out and completely changed our lives for the good. I can't imagine, well, I can't imagine it wouldn't be good what my life would be without God, without Jesus. 
This morning, we, we've discussed how we're able to be a godly influence in order to lead others closer to God. We must be able to devote our lives to becoming the best influencers possible. We have an opportunity as the church at this very moment in history to change things completely. It being Pentecost, this is a brand new opportunity for our church, a brand new church to make it the way it hasn't been for centuries from the very beginning. Church, brothers and sisters of Christ, we have an opportunity to go out into this world and make the church based on building relationships. Throughout the week, because of this pandemic, we cannot come into close proximity with others. There's a certain amount of people that you can be around. You have to sometimes cover your face in a mask, but that has nothing to do with us giving up building relationships and being an influence on others. We still have that opportunity. Think about it. When that, on that day of Pentecost, what happened and what Peter did, he spoke and 3,000 people came to Christ. 3,000 believers, new believers. And a couple books that I'm reading, Walk With Me by Hal Perkins and Radical Together by um, David Platt. It's talking and it's been talking to me and Jesus has been talking to me through it that we have that opportunity to multiply the church. Jesus did it. And there's a part in the book where Jesus, he took 12 people. He took 12 men and turned the world completely around to look towards God. If we took that mentality, if I thought about every single person that I come into contact with was able to transform and transfer Jesus's influence on them, if we took 12 times 12, that's 144, just like that. If we could do that. We need to be able to first get our hearts right. We need to prepare our hearts and our minds and our thoughts to help care out our lives. It's not that easy. I think that's a lot of people. We give up because it's not easy. But the hardest things that you achieve, the most work you put in, the more you benefit, the more you reap from it, the more rewards you get from it. We need to follow the example and the model of Jesus. We have to follow him and know that we're going to have some uncomfortable conversations. We're going to have some uncomfortable things that happen in our lives but it's God working through them. It's not me. I think of, of teenagers and, and young children, how embarrassed they are just to have a conversation with people. How embarrassed I am just to have a conversation with people sometimes. We got to get out of the way. We got to be able to follow Jesus and not follow ourselves and our own selfish desires. If it were up to me, I would be fine with staying home, staying around my family and just living in that perfect little circle that I put in for the rest of my life. But it's not about me. God came in and changed my life. He blew up my life completely into the man that I am today. And just like the disciples did when they dropped everything to follow Jesus immediately, we have to do that. We have to be willing to follow him no matter what. And lastly, we discussed how we are to walk as Jesus did, to be able to disciple in the same manner that he did. Just having an innocent conversation. The other day, we went and just shot hoops over here at the city park next to the roundhouse. There were five or six youth that just come up and show and started playing basketball. It's just like that. Just going and enjoying and getting time together with people. And that's what I'm craving. What I've never craved before in my life. Interaction with people. It's a scary thing. A lot of people know what I'm talking about. Colossians 3.23 say, Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. And being an influencer means we have to leave it all on the court. We have to realize that everything that we do, 
is a reflection of Jesus. It should be. Halfway is no way to live. And he didn't ask for half of us or 75% of us or 99% of us. He wants all of us. And we've got to go all in. Raw passion, it's an insatiable energy that motivates us to live each day like it's the first day and the last day of our life. It's an infectious enthusiasm. When people have Jesus in their lives, it's an infectious enthusiasm that can come only from being filled with the Holy Spirit to be overflowing. The more we get into God and the more of God's Spirit that gets into us, the more impassioned we become. Growth only happens when we put ourselves into uncomfortable situations. When you fail, you learn from them. As I would say to my students in the classroom, it's okay to fail because you learn from your mistakes. It's okay to make a mistake because you learn from them. But when we are using all that we are, all that we have, and all that we do to be dedicated to influencing others in the way of Jesus, only greatness can happen. Only those miracles that Jesus provided in the scripture can happen in our lives as well. On the day of Pentecost, as they went on throughout their ministry, they were able to make the disciples and do those miracles that Jesus did while on this earth. But it's through him so I encourage you to walk with him, to be that influential disciple needed to disciple others. We've got to get back to being the church in the way that God intended it to be, to building those relationships, to being that influence of love and compassion to others. It starts with being an influence and building relationships. The last slide that I have is just pictures that I have that I remind me, that have reminded me of who I directly have an influence on. And the three points that we're talking about, we need to come to him, come to me, follow me, whatever he's, what he's saying to us, what he's proclaiming to us, he's seeking us. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Let's close in prayer. Lord Jesus, please help us to, to know and love and follow you better and to realize how much we need each other's help, how much we need your influence on our lives. I see you allow us to, to find time with you, Father, to be alone. It's where we get our strength, where we get our power to, to be that influence and to guide others closer to you. We can't do it on our own, Father. We need your presence. We need your help, excuse me, my your power, your influence to be on us so that we can be the new church and be that new type where we're building relationships and we're going in a new way that influences others to be closer to you. Father, thank you for always being there with us through the good times, through the bad times. We know that you are working in this time during the pandemic. You have been working in these last few months. Just allow us to, to try to get out of the way and to get into what you want in our lives. Help us to trust in your nearness and in your goodness that you have for us. Lord, may we come to you with everything we have. Just guide and protect us, Father. Help us to know that you're in control Open our hearts, change our hearts to want what you want, Father. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.